Hey, 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 this is Coach Rick, and you are listening to the Bald Truth Leadership Podcast, the place where you get the straightforward, no-nonsense, no-holds-bars ideas on leadership and growth, both personally and professionally. The Bald Truth Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Peak Performance Group. I'm your host, Coach Rick Colster. I'm a certified business coach and the chief coaching officer for the Peak Performance Group where we help people and organizations achieve their potential and they align and maximize everything that they do. Today, we have a guest and I got to tell you people, I am so excited about this. I have known her for many years. In fact, and don't tell her, but she is absolutely positively one of my favorite people on the planet. We've known each other for probably 20 years, and I've watched her grow from a young, energetic marketing manager to the CEO of a powerhouse marketing and branding company. Today, we welcome the founder and CEO of OBI Creative, Marianne O'Brien, or as I know her, M-A-O-B CEO. Marianne, (laughs) welcome. Welcome to the Bald Truth. Ah, thank you, Rick. It's so nice to be here. I'm thrilled to be a part of this, and... um... I, I, you're one of my favorite people too. So thank you. It's so fun. We met by chance. I think it was many 20 something years ago. We met with through a mutual friend and just over the course of the last 20 years, we stayed in touch, but we keep bumping into each other mm-hmm. over the, over time. I mean, we ran into each other and it was over 20 years ago. Now, you know, Oh gosh, it was. Now I look at the dates um, at Sturgis of all places. I didn't know you were going to be there, and you sure didn't know I was going to be there. No, yeah, we've been we've been around the block, haven't we? we it's we kind run, of fun. In a while, <laughs> and then you know, across the country, as you were you were moving your career, I was moving in my career. We've continued to bump into each other. Hey, I'm in the same town. Let's have dinner, and yeah. just watching that grow. So, it, how fun has that been to build a relationship with someone that you have the utmost respect for me to you and watched you grow into this powerhouse woman owned powerhouse ass kicking company. Oh, that, you're so nice. I, you know, um, for me, it, I always feel like I just, um, I'm really lucky. I get to run into people that, you know, believe in me and love me and, and stay in touch with me. And that's you. And I just, um, I feel really fortunate and I, I hope I'm doing the same for you and for others, but I think, I believe in the law of attraction. I think like attracts like, and I really do think that, you know, if you, if you're willing to connect at kind of an authentic level, um, the person on the other end connects. And so I I think that's what you did and, and maybe what I did. And so we've just been friends for 20 plus years and I imagine we'll be friends forever so absolutely it's it's so fun and again as we bump into each other um both virtually and in person as well Uh, talk about it in virtually everything is virtual today we were kind of chatting before we got going on how many times we're now virtually because we'll give everybody a you know kind of where we are what we're doing we're in the middle of this COVID-19 thing and we're sheltered in place here in Texas and you've decided and I, I got to give you props as a leader. What a great uh, decision. I have to say as a leader, you, you told me you sent your people home like three weeks ago. So what yeah. was that? What prompted that for you? Well, we, so our, um, 
our main office is in Omaha, Nebraska, as you know, and then we've got an office in Des Moines and, and in San Diego. And so we were getting kind of word from California that what was going on, um, I'm in Omaha. And so getting word from California and then believe it or not, I was on a, a business trip to uh, South Carolina and one of my good friends and mentors texted me and he's like, Marianne, you can't, I was gonna go to a volleyball tournament the following weekend. He said, please don't go to that tournament. I, I don't want you or Cece or Jack, my ex-husband, my daughter's dad, to get sick and there's 30,000 people gonna be at this volleyball tournament. And I was like, what? I mean, he said, I don't wanna like come off too crazy, but uh, you know, everything I'm reading is, you know, you've gotta uh, socially distance. And this was, you know, really before we heard a lot uh, in, in, in Omaha. And so I came home and, um, and I just thought, gosh, I think we need to do this. We've all, we all travel a lot in, our, in my business and I, don't, I didn't want us to be the reason anybody got sick um, so three weeks ago, we um, said, you know, it's mandatory work from home. I was telling you earlier, there's a couple people who just can't handle it though. And since we don't have shelter in place, they are still going to the office. It's kind of funny. Um, but for me, I'm home. I've been working from home. I'm in my spare bedroom here talking to you and um, just trying to make it work. And all this, you know, tele everything or digital everything is, is um, I think going to be one of the silver linings of all of of all of um, COVID-19 that we're able to really kind of lean in to technology and use it to connect with one another even more than we maybe imagined we would want to. You know, I, I have to agree with you. I, I'm seeing that and I, I've been doing a lot of these podcasts. I'm doing a lot of Zoom stuff, um, doing a whole bunch of training now. I mean, my days are f more full than they were before now because I'm, I'm able to connect virtually and it's changing the dynamic of business today. And as a leader, you know, what do you see? And I, I had a ton of questions, but this is going a great place. So um, what do you see the change in how we now do business as a leader and as a someone looking who looks to the future, you know, as a thought leader, what do you see happening? How does, and I, I love to live with an attitude of gratitude. You think of it, so what can I, what is it going to come out of this? Yeah, it sucks being stuck at home. And trust me, we've been stuck at home. I go to the grocery store with a mask and gloves and all this stuff, ah. and that's it. Go pick up, you know, some cupcakes and some bread or something. I don't know. And um, so how is this going to change the game in well, a business yeah. world? I, I think there's so much opportunity. So I'm like you. Uh, you know, I think necessity is the mother of invention. And so when things like this happen, I try to think, I try to think about the future and okay, wh where should I place my future bets? Because things are changing. Um, the, our behaviors have changed. We've been forced to change our behavior. So how is that going to impact, you know, um, in advertising, I own an ad agency in advertising, how that's, how's that going to impact my business? And then what other ancillary businesses are um, on the upswing and what businesses aren't able to kind of handle this and why. And so I just wrote an article um, maybe last week or the week before about, you know, day one when, when we had to really look at the business because of COVID-19 and, you know, I immediately went to the recession. That's where I went. I went right back to the financial crisis and for ad agencies and many other companies, it was really hard uh, to stay in business. And I didn't want to overreact, but I also didn't want to 
you know, put my head in the sand and ignore what was happening. And so I had kind of maybe a day or two of poor me. And then I dusted myself off, put my best jacket on, shoulders back, guns loaded and said, okay, now what, what's, where's the opportunity in all this? So I think I would say, you know, the, the futuristic business leaders are thinking about how is this going to, what behaviors are changing today that are going to positively impact my business tomorrow? So for you coaching, like I have time now to do um, a session with you when I didn't have time maybe before, because I'm a busy uh, working president, whatever. Sure. So there are, as now I know, look, I can get everything I need to done right out of the comfort of my own house. This whole preconceived notion that I had to be sitting behind my desk at my office, maybe it's a fallacy because I am getting just as much, if not more done. And so maybe reprioritizing, you know, what I'm doing for myself or what I'm doing for my clients based on, do I really need to go to their office or should I just do a call and maximize the time? So I think there's, there's a lot of positive things that are going to come out of it. I mean, industry-wise, I think telehealth, total game changer. Hospitals were resisting. Congress, insurance companies, we weren't, they weren't paying the same rates for telemedicine. And that all went out the window, you know, about March 15th. We all decided, well, that you're going to have to pay the regular rate and we're going to have to be able to see our doctors. So I think telehealth, any industry related to telemedicine, telehealth is going to be big. And I also think delivery service. I I don't know why. And I don't need like, so like, this is just a silly one, but like my country club, they have become, they've like totally reinvented themselves. They are, um, they've offered Easter egg um, uh, drop off. Uh, and that they'll they'll hide Easter eggs in your, in your yard and help the Easter Bunny. Um, they've got they're doing all this takeout stuff. They'll go buy your groceries and deliver them. So you know, as a as a marketer, I know ease and convenience are kind of the most important thing to a lot of consumers. So they just took easy and convenient um, and made, took it to a new level from an industry I never would have seen it come from. So I just think there's a lot of things that are going to change for the better. And okay. I believe necessity is the mother of invention. I think you're absolutely right. We're going to see some new things happening uh, from, like you said, delivery is there. Uh, this yeah. evening, we're going out with friends. We're going to have dinner with friends in the parking lot of our little favorite restaurant around the corner. We're going yeah. to go, you know, they do run out to the curb. We'll have curbside. We'll put up the the back of the SUV, sit in the back of the SUV 10 feet away and talk and have a glass of wine. So there's a way that we interact differently too. Um, yeah. You know, and from a business perspective, we're getting to have to be more effective. One of the things that I work with when I work with organizations is really keeping things effective. We use a process called the Rockefeller Habits. And it's, you know, you can get a meeting done if you put a time frame on it. Yeah. If you don't put a time frame on something, you say, okay, the meeting's an hour. And you have literally one of those little bells, ding, like they do at the, the front of the yeah. uh, hotel. You know, ding, ding, ding. And all of a sudden, <laughs> at an hour, ding, 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 meeting's over. Everybody goes, huh? Blah, blah, blah. They learn how to become more effective. And they recognize the first couple of times, probably you're going to be scary, be tough, and there'll be some pushback. But once they realize, um, look, we're 45 minutes into this and we haven't gotten to point two and three yet. Ah, stops all the superfluous BS that people yeah. love in meetings. Point, 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 point. So I think it's going to really help in that. You know, and I think our efficiencies and our effectivenesses are going to change as well. So I want to take another track now. So okay. I want to talk about your start. Okay. Now, 
you guys, how did you get started in uh, media marketing? Oh, I'm going to back this up. You, you grew up in a small town in Iowa, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So how did you go from a small town to the president of a multi-location marketing and branding company? And what are some of the things that you learned along the way? Well, I did. You're right. I grew up, I was born in Spencer, Iowa, and that's where I grew up, home of the Fighting Tigers. And um, there's about 10,000 people in our town. I'm number five of six kids, um, Irish Catholic family. Um, and I, I, I think that for me, I was always naturally curious. And um, my mom and dad were always reinforcing anything positive that we did. And so I never, um, I never wanted to stay where I was. I always wanted to keep learning. And so, and my parents supported that. And so, and so did my siblings. And so whatever I would try, my dad would be like, oh my gosh, you're taking guitar lessons. Oh my God. I mean, you could be the next Kenny Rogers. Um, or I would, you know, be in student government and my dad would say, well, you're probably going to be the first woman president. Wait, you know, I, I, mean, was, I, just, I would have said Dolly Parton, not Kenny Rogers, but <laughs> that's okay. Both are great, by the way. But okay. Yeah, well, I was thinking Kenny since he just passed away. Yeah. You know? um, God rest his soul. Uh, but I think I, I don't, I think I just had, I was really fortunate. Like I've always had cheerleaders um, believing, somebody believed in me. And, um, and I think that's what it takes to, you know, take risks and not be afraid to wipe out. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I went to the college at the University of Iowa, and I studied um, international affairs and marketing. And I had no idea what that meant or what I was going to do with that. Um, and I, you know, we didn't have a lot of um, money in, in my family, but we had a lot of, um, we, but we really had it all, you know, we didn't have a lot of the material stuff we had a lot of just love okay. and so I, I i for me i always wanted to um make money that was motivating to me because i we didn't have a lot and the people that i saw that had a lot seemed to get to go places that i wanted to go or do things i wanted to do so i i just thought well um i'll go to law school and i'll be an international lawyer and then um Sounds like fun. That sounded good, right? Sounded like I could travel the world. And um, my uncles were lawyers and they had a night, you know, they had a tennis court in their backyard. Well, okay, I'll, you know, maybe I could have that. Um, and uh, and it turns out that I, I, I couldn't afford another day in college. So by the time it got to like my senior year, I was like, look, I just got to get out of here and make some money. I was, and I was, um, you know, I was like a horse with a bit in my mouth. I just felt like I needed to get out of there. And like, I wanted to go to work. I've, I always worked, like I started working very young and um, I was kind of that, I am that kid that, you know, I signed my name, Marianne O'Brien, CEO, O'Brien Industries, New York, New York, 10069, since I've been in the third grade. So if you went back and looked at my report cards, they would have MAO. that's how I remember you. Yeah. You actually introduced yourself to me that way. <laughs> I did? Yeah. See, I had no fear. I don't M-A-O-B-C-E-O. know. M-A-O-B CEO. I'm like, what the hell yeah. is that? Yeah, just crazy. I, and I really, I mean, I I didn't know at the time, but I was visualizing. Now I know. Like, I can look back and be like, oh, my gosh, you know, if, if you believe, you will receive. But I, no, no, we weren't big visualizing family, but we were definitely, you know, believe in yourself. And so 
I think I just, I, I knew a CEO was the boss. I want to be the boss. I, I don't know. I don't know. I was just that kid, probably that annoying kid. No, that's great. <laughs> See, that, what a great, we, we know, we know at this point, we know about visualization, uh, vision boards, uh, really yeah. putting things out there into the universe. Uh, but we didn't think about that as kids. I don't know that our parents, which are basically the same generation, they mm-hmm. um, they understood what that was. We we see that more. We've, we've got that from the secrets, all the things that are out there, Deepak yeah. Chopra, all that are putting this out there into the marketplace on a regular basis. And I absolutely positively believe in it. I use things called affirmation. We use affirmations and not mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, doggone it people like me affirmations from Al Franken but really putting things out there that you want to become and making sure that you now believe that you already are that just like you said I was a CEO I kept telling myself I was a CEO and you became that and that it's the how that comes true so quickly so along the way though you might have must have had some people you said something that kind of grabbed me said something about people that believed in you cheerleaders that was the word you used so yeah. what is that would you call them cheerleaders or mentors tell me about the importance of that what was how important were they well i mean for me probably the most important maybe uh you have to believe in yourself but then i think in order to if you really want to be a good leader and you you want to you know however you define success you want to be successful i think if one other person believes in you, you can get through just about anything. And so, uh, you know, finding a mentor that kind of gets you and understands your, your vulnerabilities and all your strengths and kind of the whole, your whole package. And, you know, it takes time for you to get a mentor that knows you that well, but being willing to put yourself out there and ask somebody for help, it's kind of a human truism that if you ask someone for help, they will help you. And so in my first job, um, I started my career at Gateway Computers and my first job you know, I was looking for help. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I knew, I knew I didn't know um, enough. So I just, you know, I stayed late, worked, got to work early. And I noticed who, who in the building had a lot of influence. And one day I just asked the the head of um, legal. I said, you know, uh, Mr. Elliott, I'm Marianne O'Brien. I didn't say CEO at that time, but I'm Marianne (laughs) O'Brien. And I, uh, I wondered if, you know, if I could come in and talk to you about business, I just want to continue to move forward in my career. And I was like shaking in my boots. And he was like, absolutely. He was our general counsel. Um, Gateway was a massive company at the time, you know, who had nerve to walk in and ask, I don't know, maybe it was ignorance, but it worked. He was one of my, he was probably my first mentor. Okay. And then the founder of Gateway, uh, Ted Waite, has been a mentor of mine forever. Um, And, you know, he he, Bill was very um, much, you know, all the education and um, the degrees and the, the background. And Ted was like this cowboy. So I kind of got both sides of, you know, you have to trust your instincts, but you also have to use your knowledge and um, you have to balance that. And so I, I just, I had, I've always had great mentors. And so I think if you, if you were to say to the folks that are listening to the podcast, say, What's the importance of that? And what's the best way to make that happen for mentoring? Yeah, you know, the best part of it, I think, is that it sort of allowed me to either validate or invalidate an assumption. I had somebody to ask before I went into a meeting and and said whatever I was going to say or, 
you know, came up with a campaign that, um, that I could bounce it off them. And my dad was my, my dad was my first mentor, my dad. And so I've, I always had someone that I could say, I'm kind of thinking about this or that. And then they'd say, well, have you thought of this? So they, they helped me make my ideas better. Um, and they also would help me uh, from a, even, I guess, ethical standpoint. Like I didn't know how, what business meant. I didn't know what was right or wrong in business. And so they'd kind of keep the guardrails. I'd say, hey, this person wants me to do this. What do you think about that? Or I got this job offer or I got, you know, I'm going to buy this. What, what do you think? And, and so they just help. It's just another set of eyes and wisdom that they would impart. Right, so what would you say? What would you say to someone um, who's afraid? Like you said, you weren't, you had, you had no fear when you went in and you talked to Bill say, Hey, look, uh, I know you're general counsel, but um, <laughs> I'm Marianne and talk to me. But a lot yeah. of people have that fear of, the rejection, um, they'll look bad, they, you know, they're not in their, their place, whatever that place yeah. might be in the corporate structure. What would you say to someone that's reluctant right now to go up to one of those high-powered individuals in their company? Well, my dad used to say, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. There's nobody better than you. You're not better than anybody else. You might work harder than other people. You might try, you might fight, you whatever, but there's nobody better. So don't be intimidated by who anybody is. You put your hand out, shake their hand, look them in the eye and, you know, let them know who you are. And, um, and if they don't like who you are, that's okay. You know, it's life's a numbers game. And so sales, you got to get through the nose to get to the yeses. So I think I just, um, I, I didn't, for me, I just, if they said no, I'd find somebody else. Like, I guess I'm, so don't give up. If somebody says they don't have time to be your mentor, move to the next person. Get a list of people that you that you admire. And I really do believe it is a human truism. If you ask for help, most of the time people will help you. So um, just be yourself and ask and then shut your mouth and let them say yes or no. And it's awkward for a minute, but just let that let that ask out and let it let it um, give them some time to think and they'll either say yes and it'll work or they'll say no, but I think this person is okay. because most people that are from my experience, executives are looking for good people. Um, when you are an executive, you notice the good people and you notice the ones that aren't good. The ones in the middle just float on by, they're kind of solid, but you notice the, you notice someone like yourself and because you don't get to be the executive if you didn't, if you weren't good. Yeah. Um, so I think you, you know, they, they will notice something in you if you, if, if you're really that hungry and are willing to, you know, work for it. You know, so. that's such great advice. Uh, we had a guest on a couple, a couple of shows back and he said, the one thing I did well was I hired well, I hired good people. And like mm-hmm. you said, they'll see that you're hungry and yeah. they understand when someone is willing to put themselves out there and say, I want to learn to, I don't. Yeah. Throw me to the wolves a little bit. Um, just show me. And he said, you know, he was one of my early mentors. And he said, yeah. I go to lunch with him. He's the president of the company. I was just one of the sales guys. And I would go say, hey, are you guys going to lunch? And he goes, yeah. And I would just sit there and listen. Like, uh, you know, early 30s, trying to figure this all out. What is this corporate world like? And to yeah. anyone listening, just put yourself in a place. You don't have to be the one that talks all the time, but be the one that listens. 
spend that's, time, that's you know, the old two ears, one mouth, use them in that, the appropriate ratio. Yeah. There. So yeah, that so is you, such good advice. Listen, just listen, listen to them. Yeah, it will help you. Yeah. So you took, you took a, a startup. OBI was uh, off the top of your head. You just said, created this. I'm going to start, you know, O'Brien Industries and figure this out. And you took a startup business from nothing, essentially an idea, to a multi-million dollar um, operation with multiple locations. What was what was that? What was that like in that growth process for you? But you you only have like four minutes to do it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll make it quick. Um, it was exciting and um, fun and a ton of work and uh, lots of hiccups along the way. And, um, and I hired great people like your last, uh, one of your, your last guests said, I mean, the key is your people. Uh, so being, you know, knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at, and then, you know, sort of filling out the rest of the table with the, those people that are better than you um, helps a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been a cool journey. I, I never, I don't think I set out to own an ad agency. I, I thought I'd be a consulting firm and we, we are, but it's funny how life takes you down these different paths. And, um, you know, as long as we're providing value to our clients, we're doing the right thing and to our employees. So it's been good. So I'd love that you said, as long as we add value, yeah. I think that's a critical thing as a leader are you adding value to your people, to your clients, and to the people that you surround yourself with? You know, I, I, I always go back to Richard Branson because I just absolutely fall in love with his mindset and his thought process and his culture is take care of your people. They'll take care of your customers and they'll take care of the profit and making sure it's in that order and taking care of the people that we work. They're the most important asset that we have and the culture there. And conversations I'm having recently are more on culture and values, vision, direction, is building culture in a competitive industry. You know, how do you build the right culture? And look, there's a lot of ad agencies out there. You're you're in a very competitive business. Yeah. Um, how do you build the right culture for your people? What is it that makes that gives you that edge or that difference culturally? I it's the, it's the, probably the, the biggest question we get nowadays from a brand perspective. How do I build a, a employee, a, an employment brand? How do I build culture? So I'll tell you, you know, I, I think in a nutshell, you have to stand for something. And so I knew from my corporate years at Gateway, and ultimately I was the chief marketing officer there. I knew that if you used, if you erred on the side of the customer and the customer could be your employee could be your, your current customer, prospective customer, your competitor's customer. So think of customer broadly. But if you erred on the side of the customer, the money would follow. Everything else would follow if you took care of your customers. So for me, I didn't like when I would hire ad agencies that didn't use customer research. I don't like hope as a strategy. Hope is not a strategy to me. Hope is just hope. I love that. And so um, my our whole business is based on understand the voice of the customer, understand what customers want, then align the brands that engage with us, you know, our clients, 
align what they have with what customers want. Don't force what they have that you hope customers want in the market because it won't work and it won't be efficient and you won't be adding value to them. And so standing for something, again, I think that allows all the fodder to go away and the people who are attracted to that and who believe in that, they come to you. You know, you have to stand for something then, then um, you know, the people that your employees either align with that or don't. And if they don't align, you, you need to let them go on their own way. And if they do align, you need to just wrap your arms around them. And so for me, from a culture standpoint, I have a culture club at OBI. I'm not the person who comes up with all the cool activities. Um, I love going to them, but that's not my strength. And, okay. um, and you know, I'm not, I'm more kind of the visionary. So details are not my strong suit. And so I know that. So I let the culture club do what they do. And we have a great culture. We have, I mean, we have, a. am really proud of our culture. Um, it probably didn't have much to do with me. It had to do with my people. Um, but at least I know, you know, we stand for something and we stand for, you know, we're good fiduciaries of your marketing dollars because we're, we're finding out what matters to the customer before we go out and spend all this money to advertise. I see. I, I love that because it's, you come down to, and I love hope is not a, uh, hope is not a strategy. Yeah. It really isn't. And I've, I've used that in the past myself as well, but it, the culture club, what a cool concept. And yeah. it's so take it. 30 seconds to expand on that. What is the culture club besides an old movie from the eighties? I have 70. Yeah. <laughs> or a band or something. Um, uh, there it's a group of employees who kind of put their hand in the air and said, I want to be a part of building OBI's culture. And um, so it, I think it's four or five people and they meet monthly and come up with activities for us to do, to just reinforce, um, you know, the team teamwork, we have, we have, you know, seven, eight different practice areas. So they don't all get to work with each other all the time. And so making sure that um, we're finding ways to bring everyone together um, and they have a budget and they have a plan and they execute it. And then they also help to give us feedback on things like benefits and, you know, does this align with our brand? Um, if this decision has got to be made and it impacts our employees, they weigh in um, and help us kind of, guide us on what what makes sense for them excellent that, what a great and for someone that's out there just listening what a great idea is and you don't lead it you no, let I'm, your team lead no. it yeah yeah so yeah. for someone that's listening say hey culture club let your employees take some responsibility because yeah. i i truly believe that if, if you give them a responsibility they'll take it and run with it and it'll they'll find things that you never even thought of that we couldn't even imagine like where did you come up with that yeah, and it was no. a cool idea. And I think a lot of cool ideas spur out of that. So, uh, so quickly, um, I want to be cautious of our time, make sure that we're, we're staying on track and we're great right now. Um, I'm curious, you've done a lot of interesting things and you're living in Warren Buffett world up in Omaha, Nebraska. And I know that you're involved in a lot and you've been, you've seen a lot of things and you have an amazing history, work history. And starting at gateway when gateway was it was the computer to get it was it was it so you must have run into some interesting people along the way so is there any notables that you've run into where you go i can't believe i just met that person well you're, i mean you were you you're one of them oh get out of here i'm yeah. just me no that you, that um, you fangirled all over well i mean i 
I'm just gonna start, maybe go back and think of um, Walter Payton. We did a deal with him, that was cool. Um, um, oh gosh, uh, oh gosh, this, um, Pete Townsend from The Who, we bought his music and we're, okay. he and I are friends now. Like, uh, you know, like I just try to stay in touch with, he's, he's great, you'd love him. Um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, we did some work with. Um, you know, I've, I've met Warren Buffett a few different times. He's pretty awesome. Um, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. There's a, uh, you know, Diamond Dallas Page, um, um, you know, President Clinton, President Bush. So a lot of different, um, you know, I guess dignitaries or luminaries and, um, trying to think I, who else, you know, I don't know. Is that what you were looking for? Well, yeah, it's just kind yeah. of curious. You do a lot oh, of things. Jeff Bezos. I spent a day with Jeff Bezos. That was really great. That um, would be interesting. Yeah, we did the advertising for the um, the movie, uh, the Amelia movie, Amelia okay. Earhart movie, um, back in like 2010 or 11 or whenever it was. Um, and uh, he was friends with the producer. And so it was like an all day kind of event. And he and his wife at the time, um, Mackenzie, I think is her name. And we, we spent a lot of time together that day. And, and that was great. I, he's a real um, customer centric marketer too. Like they were sure. putting tons and tons of money into customer research. And um, I remember thinking I'm investing in that guy's company. And I did back then. Good for um, you. I, I mean, I, I was, I, I called my dad actually from New York and was like, I've been talking to this guy and Amazon was, maybe it was like 2009. I don't know. Amazon wasn't anything like it was today. And um, I still have the stock. So that was a good, good one. for you. Well, it's a good time to have it today. As a matter of fact. Yeah. I don't know what's happening today. I can't like, it just, well, is that, so t- I mean, like, today is in these out. days, not today. Oh, tomorrow. These days, yeah. But they're delivering. My, they, I got one, one or two a day at my house. Holy smokes! Yeah. It's Christmas every day around here. Yeah, and I, look at their packaging. You know, like in from my old days at Gateway, the cow spotted boxes and the yep. Amazon's packaging. You see it everywhere. It's it's kind of fun. It's 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 the new Nike swoosh is what it's come down totally. to. Yeah, it is totally. So all right. So now I've got. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. This is it. I'm putting you on the spot. We've got Coach Rick's bald truth questions that I ask every one of my guests. Okay. You sure you're ready for this? I'm ready. I'm okay, ready. good. So here's what it is. And I just want to, is there, before we do that, is there anything you want to uh, promote, uh, ventures, a shout out, anything you'd like to promote to anybody that's out there, what's going on? You know, maybe just a shout out to my employees. I mean, they're just doing such a great job in the middle of all this crazy pandemic and our clients are, you know, needing more and more communications, probably more than ever before. And we're just, we've got, we set up a whole news desk and all we're doing is sharing, sharing communication. So just a shout out to my team and to our clients. And I'd say if you're a brand that um, can, can afford to invest or overinvest, now's the time to do it. Um, everybody's at home and they're watching TV, they're, they're online. So all your media tactics will be working. And um, the people that invest in times of crisis uh, are really the ones that emerge leaders. So if you want to pick up market share, now's your chance. That what great advice. That's amazing. That is, thank you. Perfect. Nailed it. All right. So here's a question. Okay. You're holding a dinner party for six people, yourself included. You're one of the six. 
what five people, and again, here's the caveat, you can invite anyone in all of time, anyone who's ever been alive or is alive today. Um, you can't invite anybody who hasn't been born yet, but anyone from today to as far back as time goes, you can invite anyone you wanted. Who do you invite? You get to invite five people. Who do you invite and why do you invite them? Um, well, my dad passed away four years ago. So my dad, for sure, um, because he's, I just miss him. And I, I would love to know what he thinks we're doing, you know, how, how we're doing. So my dad, um, my mom, because she's always so excited about anything I do. And so, you know, to have my cheerleaders there would be great. Um, I was lucky enough to get to have dinner with Warren Buffett once, and it was so interesting. And he was so uh, engaged in business and small business in particular. And so I'd love to have him come um, because he okay. just, for, for somebody um, as right as him and as wealthy as him and have as much influence, he really was in touch with kind of the issues that small businesses face. So I'd love uh, a little time with him. I just watched a documentary. I've met Bill Gates before and I, I met him when I was at Gateway and great, very nice man, but you know, a little distant. And I feel like Bill um, Gates uh, and his wife, Melinda have just done amazing things like really forward thinking. And I'd, I'd love to have him there with Warren just to watch their oh, wow. kind of what they would talk about. So am I, I'm at four. Um, yep, is that one more? Four? Okay. Then, um, Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, number five, this isn't going to be that great, but I feel like I would like, um, like Cleopatra or like a female leader from the past to, uh, you know, I hate using the female card or anything like that, but there are things that happen and I'd love to just like pick her brain on how do you handle this or how did you handle that or, you know, whatever. And then, um, you know, drum roll, my number six would be Jesus Christ. Excellent. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. So, all right. So now set question two, an article's being written about you. Oh my God, Nick. I would, and I need to bring my fiance and CC too. Sorry. I gotta have, I gotta open the circle. So eight. Oh, <laughs> you're always over. <laughs> <It's your party. laughs> <laughs> now it's a real party. Okay. Oh, uh, you know what? Nothing like an overachiever to stretch the limits. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. An article's being written about you after you've passed. Mm. And we all have a time. We all have got a, you know, a, an expiration date. We know that, but here it is. An article's being written about you. What's the headline? Not what's in the article. What's the headline? Oh. Come on, you got to think of something now. Okay. She believed she could, and she did. Awesome. Good stuff. And finally, every morning, I want, I'd love for our, our listeners to just get some insight into you. And every day you wake up and we know that there's a lot of stuff going on today, but every day you wake up, what do you do each morning to set yourself up for a successful day? Well, I, when I wake up, I lay in bed and I, um, I visualize the day. Uh, so I spend about 15 minutes just thinking about the day. I usually start out with like 
three things I'm grateful for. Cause I just think if you're grateful, you can't really be depressed or, mm-hmm. you know, I like positivity. So I'm great. I always talk, you know, kind of walk through what I'm grateful for and then um, visualize my day. And then I have this little mantra I read and, um, and I usually work out or, you know, I get up, I, I have some coffee, then I work out or I, um, I read, you know, I, I kind of drill down into the world what's happening because okay. I think a lot of, um, a lot of what I have to know, it has to be broad. So I usually some sort of education and then I get to work. Excellent. Excellent. Well, this has been absolutely my pleasure to have you on. And, um, as I said earlier, you truly are one of my favorite people on the, on the face of the planet. Uh, you, you have been since the day we met and uh, there's a God connection there. There's a connection there when you put good people with good people. And I, I truly believe that this has been an absolute pleasure. So I uh, thank you for being on and, uh, being our guest and sharing some great information for leaders, um, in small businesses, and ideas on mentoring and a lot of stuff that you've, you just kind of blew me away with so much stuff that you shared today. I just want to thank you for all of that. Well, thank you so much. Um, I feel the exact same way about you. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, this has been the bald truth with coach Rick and Marianne O'Brien CEO. I'm coach Rick of the peak performance group, the company that helps people and organizations reach their potential. If you're looking for a way to grow your organization, whether sales, strategic direction, the Peak Performance Group coaches can help you grow and prosper using our proven business acceleration process. You can call us at 817-748-7425 or visit our website, www.mypotentialplus.com, and we'll connect you with the right coach. I'm Coach Rick, and that's The Bald Truth.